Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. And I'd like to share with you a Devar Torah, a sermon that I'm going to deliver this week in the synagogue in the Detroit area. This week is Shabbat Shirah, the Shabbat of song, the Shabbat in which we read from the Torah, the song of the crossing of the sea, which begins with the words, Ashira Ladonai, I will sing out to the Lord, Kiga Oga'a, for God is greatly exalted. And I want to begin by sharing with you a memory. We all have mentors, people who have made such an influence in our lives, who have inspired us. And I want to share with you a memory of one such mentor, a man named Harry Kraft, Alava Shalom. Harry Kraft led our children's congregation quite often. In the synagogue, I grew up in Congregation Killeth Israel in Brookline, Massachusetts. I can tell you, and I've spoken about this on my podcast before, what an influence KI was for so many of us, so many future rabbis, future cantors, future Jewish educators, future Jewish educators grew up in the congregation and were inspired by so many different role models, including Harry Kraft, the love of Shalom. When Mr. Kraft led our services on the holidays, on Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, and many, many kids were there, he would allow different kids to lead different parts of the service, but he led the Hallel service, the service of praise. And I want to share with you one of the tunes that he taught us. Ho du la donai ki tov ki le olam chasdo yomarna yisrael ki le olam chasdo du ladonai ki tov ki le olam chasdo those are the words as they appear in the sidur this is the way Harry Kraft led it. Ho du la donai ki tov. Now let's all answer ki leolam chasdo. Yomarna Yisrael ki leolam chasdo. Now everyone ho du la donai ki tov. It was really remarkable. We knew the phrase from another song, from the Hallel that we sing during the morning service, even on Shabbat. So we knew the words and those were the words he wanted us to say, but he also wanted to teach us that it wasn't enough to say that. So the second time he did that, he'd say, all together, so he was doing two things. He was telling us to repeat after him words we knew and then to expand a bit by singing along with words that maybe were not as familiar. It really was very, very uh, perceptive and very, very uh, appropriate and, 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 and successful educational method. Repeat what you know and learn a little bit more. Now I bring up that memory because it 
reflects an interesting rabbinic discussion concerning the Song of the Sea. We read, Az Yashir Moshe Ubnei Yisrael et The introduction to Shiratayam is Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to God. And the rabbis wonder, how did the people know what to sing? Moses could sing whatever Moses wanted to sing, and Moses had the spirit of prophecy. But how did the people know what to sing? There's an interesting discussion about this in the Talmud in Masechet Sota, in the Tractate of Sota, where three opinions are given. The third one seems to be that the people were also granted the spirit of prophecy and just knew what to sing. I'm going to leave that one aside and look at the other two. The first is from Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, how did they recite the song? Kegadol hamakre et hahalel. Like an adult reciting halel on behalf of the congregation, which to him meant, hen onin acharav rashe prakim. The leader would sing everything and the people would respond with the most important words. Sounds like Mr. Kraft, kili alam right? The leader would say the phrases of the halel, the congregation would respond with the words that they would come to know. So he says, Moses sang Ashir Aladonai, and the people responded, Ashir Aladonai. And then Moses said, Kiga Oga'a, and the people responded, Ashir Aladonai. That was their part. But Rabbi Eliezer, son of Rabbi Yosia Galilei, has a different idea in which the congregation would do, he says, as they would do if a young child were leading the Hallel. Apparently in those days, young children could lead the Hallel for the adults, but because the child did not have the obligation to say the Hallel, because he was not of the age of bar mitzvah, the congregation couldn't fulfill their obligation just by saying Rashe Prakim, as Akiba said, the main words. They had to say everything. And so the child would say, Ashira Ladonai, and the, the child would say the words and they would respond. So Moses would say, Ashira Ladonai, and the people would say, Ashira Ladonai. And Moses would say, Kiga Oga'a, and the people would respond, Kiga Oga'a. So instead of repeating one phrase over and over, they would repeat the phrase that Moses said every time, and that's how they sang together. And again, going back to what Mr. Kraft, Allah Shalom, did, it was the same thing. He taught us to respond to the words with the words we knew, and he taught us to go a little bit further and to expand what we knew. Now, let's go back to the desert for a moment. The people were not children, but they were children in a sense in that they were just learning how to praise God. They were in, in essence, a junior congregation. The question is, did they ever leave that junior congregation and get to sit at the adult table, so to speak? And according to one text, they certainly did. In the Midrashic collection we know as Yalkut Shimoni, Rabbi Abin Halevi said, when Israel stood up to sing a song at the sea, Moses did not allow them to sing on their own. Az Yashir Moshe B'nai Israel, Moses and the children of Israel sang. But the Midrash continues 40 years later, Forty years later, they grew up and sang the song of the well by themselves. What's he referring to? 
He's referring to a phrase in the book of Numbers following the discovery of a well. We read, Az Yashir Yisrael. Then Israel sang. Not Israel, Moses and the children of Israel sang, just Israel sang. And Rabbi Abin Halevi says, the people sang their song without Moses. And I like to think that Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, our consummate teacher, stood in the background and nodded with nachas, with satisfaction, that they had learned to sing on their own with their own words. This past Shabbat, we celebrated a milestone in our family. My oldest grandniece celebrated her bat mitzvah, the first of that generation. And as I heard her chant words that and, and tunes that I knew so well because I chanted them at my bar mitzvah. Baruch Adonai. And knowing how many generations have sung those words, have chanted those words, and to hear her chant them, the first in this new generation, was really a milestone and a, and a reminder of how important it is and how really a treasure it is that our faith, our traditions continue through the generations. But even more satisfaction, even more beautiful, was hearing her share the words of her Devar Torah, her own interpretation of the words of the portions that she read. And I know this from my years as a rabbi, and I felt it listening to her, that it really is the most important part of the Bar and Bat Mitzvah. It's important to chant those words that we've learned, but it's also important to have our own song, to have our own words, to be told that you don't nearly have to repeat. You're entitled, in fact, you're obligated to sing your own song. For a teacher or a parent or a grandparent or a great uncle, it's wonderful to hear a song that we find familiar, whether we've been involved in teaching it directly to that child or just know it from the idea that this is what the tradition has taught. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful nachas to hear those words. But it's also a wonderful bit of nachas of satisfaction to hear our children sing their own songs, to hear them give their own interpretations because that's how we grow as a Jewish people. I think about Mr. Kraft, Allah Shalom, and what he would think about the conservative movement today, it looks totally different than it did 60 years ago. But that's okay. In fact, that's the way it should be. Because we need to grow. We can't stagnate. We need to continue to grow as a people. And we do that with the songs we hear from our young people. One last point, and I want you to listen very carefully to what I say. I know that this does not apply across the board. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush. But I do know that this phenomenon, this experience exists right now within the Jewish community in a very specific way. Because we've read so many pieces, and perhaps in your own family you've experienced this, about how many young Jews are responding differently to the war in Gaza and to Israel's actions than many older Jews have. They're asking difficult and probing questions that some of us don't want to ask. They're showing lack of certainty about things that we take for granted. We may be disheartened by this. 
We may be confused by it, and we may be, in fact, furious to hear some of the things that some of our children or grandchildren are saying. But I think it's a challenge. And I think the worst thing that we can do is to dismiss these thoughts or allow them to cause a rift between us. Please, if you're facing this, take the time to listen. Validate their right to their opinions. Stand by what you believe. Stand by what you're passionate about and let them know why you feel like you do, what your experiences have taught you. Stand by what you believe, but listen to them. And again, validate their right to express their opinions and to be taken seriously. And then, and this is the most important part, try desperately to search for common ground. We may not always sing the same words, but we should try to sing together as best as we can. Until next time, thank you.